You're listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I'm Pastor Josh. I would like to invite you to embark with me on a journey, a journey of biblical study. Through practical application of the Word of God, it is my prayer that you grow in greater relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Please join me as we journey to the next Stepping Stone of Faith. We are going to look at through the teachings of Jesus again this week. And we're going to be looking at John chapter 10 today, starting in verse 1. So John 10, 1, if you're in the Red Bible, it's 928. 928 in the Red Bible. When we're there, say amen. Jesus is talking here to the disciples. Starting in verse 1, chapter 10, he says, Truly, truly, I say unto you, he who does not enter by the, by the door into the shepherd sheepfold, but climbs up, some other way is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, and they know his voice. Yet they will never follow a stranger, but will run away from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus told them this parable, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Then Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door, I am the door of the sheep. All who come be before me are, are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will, say, he will be saved. And I will go in and out and find pasture. And will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came that they may have life and that they may have, that they, and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. But he who is he who is the hired hand, and not the shepherd, who does not know, does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. So the wolf catches the sheep and, and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because he is a hired hand and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and I am known by my, by my own. Even as the Father knows me, so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must also bring, bring them, and they will hear my voice. There will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore, my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it back up again. 
I received this command from my Father. Father, I pray that you'd be with us today. Give us clarity in this word. Help us to understand it. Help us to, to uh, apply it to our lives. And Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus here giving the disciples an understanding of who he is. The second portion from 7 to 19 or 18 clarifies what he's saying in the first six verses. He is the door, it says. It says, truly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. He is the door. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not know and did not listen to them. So he's talking about, and we still have these other thieves and robbers in today's day and age. There's still religions that are not of God, calling people to be something that uh, is not of God. We have a lot of... Um, different religions, Eastern religions, um, Hinduism, um, um, Islam, uh, things like that, uh, even cults of the United States. Uh, they, they seem to call people to be something that they're not. Jesus calls them thieves and robbers. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and, I, and will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, folks. I think we know that. There's a lot of things and a lot of cliches that people say. There are many doors to heaven. There are many, many, many paths to heaven. There are many paths to God. No, there's not. There's one path, and his name is Jesus Christ. There are many paths to find Jesus. I'll grant you that. There are many paths to find the Savior, but there's only one path to heaven. There's only one path to heaven. People have different walks of life, different things in their life that bring them to the Savior. There are different walks to get there but that's the only way we're going to go farther. He's the door. He's the door. He says that I am the door. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but, but they do not listen to him. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Now look at, if we are saying, if we are talking about sheep and pasture, Sheep are, I've said this before, they're not very smart. They just kind of follow and stuff. The only thing they're smart about is they, they do know their, their shepherd's voice. It's one thing about sheep. It talks about that in here. But there is a, there's a thing with sheep that if there's a group of shepherds with all their sheep, if one shepherd makes a whistle or makes a noise or whatever, whatever he does to get them, only his sheep will go. They know that much. They know the voice of the shepherd. Literally, the sheep do. But sheep are just, other than that, they're just, they follow. They don't lead. They don't make their own decisions as far as what's best for them. They rely on the shepherd. And when they rely on the shepherd, the shepherd will bring them only where there's safety. 
He's not going to lead them into places of harm. And that's what Jesus is saying here. You'll come and go as you want, and you'll find pasture. What's pasture? Why would they, why would he say that? Well, in a pasture land, if you look at Psalm 23, it talks about the, the water being calm, leads me, leads me beside quiet waters, restores my soul, because sheep will not drink from a rushing river. Did you know that? Or a rushing lake or, any, or anything like that. They will, not, they will not drink from a running stream. They'll only drink from calm waters. They're skittish. They're afraid. So finding pastures for us is we will find peace. We will find comfort. We will find joy. We will find those things if we come and go in the Father and in Jesus Christ. He says that the thief, the thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. So he's giving a contrast here. The, the thief and himself. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Who's the thief? Satan, right? And Satan will use things. Did you know that the, the Bible calls him the, the, the counterfeiter? He is the, he is the angel, he is the counterfeiter, the angel of light in Scripture that is not really the angel of light. He was Lucifer that turned evil, and we know all this. But he portrays the goodness of God to pull us away. And his purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy. So there might be some things in your life that, uh, or things that maybe you, maybe you think about, and you think, well, maybe that's, that's, God doesn't say anything about that in Scripture. So that must be okay. God doesn't deal with this, or God doesn't deal with that, so it must be okay. I would encourage you, number one, to pray to God about it. Ask God about it and ask him what he would have you to do in those situations. But in one, in understand that if it's not of God, it's of the enemy. And it's not for your betterment. It's to kill, steal, and destroy you. So he's giving a contrast between himself and the enemy. The enemy will kill, steal, and destroy everything you have. But he, if you trust him, he gives you life and that more abundantly. What does that mean? I did a, I did a study on that. That life, life and that more abundantly. Life is just not, we're not just going to live, but we're going to live, really, really, really live, if you look at the Greek. We'll live in abundance. Not abundance necessarily in finances or material things, but we'll live in abundance of peace and joy and comfort and, and all those things that God can give. We live in that abundance when we trust Jesus. And then he goes and he starts talking about his sacrifice. Verse 11, he talks about, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down, so lays down his life for, for the sheep. Now he's paralleling this because a good shepherd does do that. A good shepherd protects the sheep and protects the sheep till death if necessary. But the good shepherd does do that. He's paralleling himself to something they understand. The reason he said into a parable was because they probably would protest, as we saw in, as we see in the Gospels, they kind of protest when he starts telling them about he, <clears throat> he was going to have to die. 
No, no, Lord. Peter said, I'll stand with you. I'll go with you. I'll go all the way. I'll die with you. They were protesting. They were, they were not believing. So he told them in a parable. He's going to lay down his life for the sheep, for those who come into the fold. For those who come into the fold. It's very important to understand that. He lays down his life. He laid down his life for me. He laid down his life for you. He does those things so others can come to know him and spend eternity with him. He's done that for that purpose. And it's interesting how all we have to do is accept. All we have to do is say, Jesus, forgive me, a sinner. And come and live in my heart. And be my Lord and Savior. And help me to live for you to the best of my ability. That's all we have to do. And that's, that's, a, that's, that's the first time prayer, but it's a prayer that we should pray, be praying over and over and over again. Because we make mistakes and we have to repent. We have to be people of repentance. And that's part of it. We have to trust God to do that which he wants us to do and to understand that he has died for us for our betterment to be with him. The good shepherd lays down his life for a sheep, but he who is hired, he was a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. So the wolf catches the sheep and scatters it, scatters them. The hired hand runs away because he is a hired hand and does not care about the sheep. Again, he's paralleling a deceiver versus himself a false religion, a false gospel, different ways of thinking. When you get into that different way of thinking, a lot of times it ends up being wrong. Well, most all the time, actually. <laughs> shouldn't say some of the time, all the time. And it sounds good too. But when it push comes to shove, it ends up being wrong. It's not scriptural. I know there are, there are religions that out there that, one in particular, that has changed its core doctrines so many times that it's not even funny. Changes its core doctrines with the changing of times. That is not scripture. Scripture stays the same. Why do you think these scriptures that have been written AD 90 and AD 88 or and BC and all those, they've never changed at all. Maybe, in, maybe for readability, they've changed words, but the core doctrines of this Bible has not changed in thousands of years. It doesn't matter the, the, the changing of times or who, who rules and reigns in the land. The word stays the same because it is true. But when we have wrong teachers that change their story, change their doctrine, essentially run away because out of fear, that's not what Jesus would want us to do, not what Jesus would want us to associate with. There's so many things that, so many different things that have changed. I mean, if you look at, for an example, we'll look at um, um, the Waco, Texas cult years ago, I don't remember how long it's been, but they were in a commune and they changed the way 
the scripture was interpreted to meet one person's need. And what did they do? They ran and they hid. They put a commune. They stayed apart from everybody. They ran away and took people with them. And what happened? Many, many, many people died. Many people died. Jonestown, many people died because somebody took this gospel and perverted it and, and changed it and essentially ran away and did not protect the sheep because people, they were preaching what people wanted to hear. It's okay to do this. It's okay to be like that. And they died. Many people died in the Jonestown Massacre. They were not following Jesus. They were following their own desires and following a false teaching. Jesus is saying false teachings will run away. They will not stay with the sheep. And that's what happened. They ran away from the society. They, they held up in a commune. And they all died. He says in 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep and my, my sheep and I, and, and I know my sheep and am known by my own. So that's a question we've really got to ask ourselves when we think about our relationship with Jesus Christ. Do we really know him? I'm not saying, oh yeah, he's, he was the Lord, he's the Lord, and he's in the Gospels, he was God's only son, and, and he was resurrected on the third day, and he was born of a virgin, and all those good things we talk about at Christmas, and, and Easter, and all those things. We know all that by academia, by learning, just sitting in church, but knowing Jesus, do we know him, do we know his voice? Can we differentiate between the voices of the world and the voice of God? Do we know the difference? We're sheep, remember? And that illustration of those sheep, if shepherd A and shepherd B have both their sheep in the same area drinking and shepherd B wants to take his sheep away and he makes a noise, none of the other sheep except for his follow him because they know his voice. Do we know God's voice? Can we differentiate between our wants and desires and what we think we need in the world and all these things that are coming at us? Can we differentiate between all of that and the voice of God? Can we? That is a question we have to really focus in on and ask ourselves. And if, it, if there's an issue there, we need to ask God to help us. We need to ask God to minister to us and give us some insight into what we need to do. And what I'll tell you what you need to do is spend some more time with God. He goes on and he says, even as the Father knows me, so I am the Father, so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. So again, he's saying, I'm, I'm going to lay down my life for the sheep. I'm going to lay down my life for you. I'm going to die for you. Because he knows the Father and the Father knows him. And he's doing what the Father wants him to do. He's following the guidance of the Father. And so we should follow the voice of Jesus because he follows the voice of the Father. He's going to die, he says. 
lay down my life for the sheep. Here's what I find interesting. I have other sheep who are not of this fold. What do you think that means? Do you think that means Jesus is saying there's going to be some Jewish people that come to know me and not just Gentiles? Or there's going to be people that are not uh, um, of the area that come to know other areas? Today's day and age, we could, see, we could say, well, who do we think isn't going to heaven? There's there, whether we believe we do this or not, we do do this. Because I do it sometimes and I have to repent. But I think to myself, well, this, this group here, they're all, they're all wrong. They're, they're going to go to hell. Or that group, they're all wrong. They're not going to make it. We don't know that, really. I had a friend who was a Mormon. And this friend I had, we would sit every weekend, every weekend, me and him. And we would talk about spiritual things. And we would talk, we wouldn't debate, we wouldn't fight, we would just want to know about each other's religion. And we would talk about it. And he would give me questions and I'd try to answer them and I'd question him and he'd try to answer me. But we come to an understanding. I believe that he was a Christian. But he was of the Mormon church. There was probably some different teachings in the Mormon church. There is different teachings in the Mormon church than we do here. But I believe in his heart he was a Christian. And I believe that he's in heaven today because he's no longer here. And we would sit and we would talk Saturdays all day long. We would, I'd get over there at his house at 9 o'clock in the morning. We'd go out in the garage and we'd sit there and we'd work on radio stuff and we would do recordings and we would sit and talk. And Amy and his wife would go shopping while we sat and talked. And they would talk and we would talk. And we would every day. And then we would, then we would end up having supper at one of the houses. And when we were at his house, there was usually a group of Mormon missionaries joining us, and we would all sit around and talk about our beliefs. And we would just not debate. We would just chat and talk. And we would bounce things off each other. And it was, it was interesting. It was an interesting thing. But Jesus says there's going to be sheep that are not of this fold. So does that mean that Mormons go, can go to heaven? Sure. Does that mean, let me ask you this. Does that mean homosexuals can go to heaven? Sure. If they repent. Just like I did, just like you did. Can Islamic people go to heaven? Can Hindu people go to heaven? Sure. If they repent. He's going to have sheep that are not of this fold. And we have to understand that. We, what he's doing here is he's saying it's not just us. It's not just the Jewish. It's not just the Gentile. It's not just this particular age group or this particular, or for us today, this particular de denomination. Because we tend to do that today's day and age, 2021. Well, we're United Brethren in Christ. Or we're Catholic. Or we're Methodist. Or we're Lutheran. Or we're Pentecostal. Or we're Baptist. So, did you profess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? I mean, if you did, 
then you'll be in heaven. We're all the same fold, but we see it differently. We see it differently because we categorize ourselves, and, and whether we believe it or not, something that the church does, we, whether we believe it or not, we believe that our gospel, our way of preaching, our way of teaching is the right way and everybody else is wrong. Every denomination does that. Every denomination does that. You, you talk to anybody. I belonged to the Assemblies of God years ago. And I remember having conversations with people that would say, well, we have it all together. We've got the right preaching. We've got the right teaching. Okay, you may feel that way. But what about some other teachings? I got in trouble with the Assemblies of God and with my pastor at the time because I stood up at the pulpit and I said, you know what? The Church of Jesus Christ can learn a lot from the Mormon faith. And I got in trouble because they were recording it and they sent it off. But the reason I said that was because the Mormon faith, have you ever, you, Jim, you were, you were Mormon, right? You know how they, they send out two by two and they take care of each other, and, they, and that's what my friend did. That's what my friend was. He was a, a quote-unquote priest, but he had so many families he had to check on. He had to have dinner with. He had to invite them over. He had to encourage them. He had to, he had to pray with them. He had to, do all the, he had to do all these things with these and encourage them to do the same with each other. As far as I know, the Christian church as a whole very few encourage that in their members. So when I said that the church of Jesus Christ could learn a lot from the Mormons, that's what I meant. That we could learn a lot from denominations that take care of their own and encourage them and lift them up and tell them to keep going when times are hard. It is one of those things that I think we can learn from. And I, I tell you, I got in trouble for that. I got asked what I meant by that. And that's exactly what I told them. And they said, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. But don't, don't steer too far off the path, they told me. I said, no, but that's what I'm saying. And, that, and that's what I'm saying today. There are people that are not of this fold. Mormon people, Jehovah's Witnesses, Islam people, Hindu people, Catholics, Baptists, Methodists, Lutherans, United Brethren in Christ, all these people can go to heaven if they repent. That is the, what he's saying here. He is the door. He's the way in. You can't go in and get in any other way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father but by me. Twice he said that and he said he's the door. Two times. He's the only way to the Father. Understand, there are many ways to Jesus, but there's one way to the Father, and it's through Jesus Christ. Understand that. He says he's the good shepherd. Have you committed your life to the shepherd? Have you trusted the shepherd to know what's best for you? That's what's important to understand. I mean, it's, it's hard in today's day and age, I know, 
we have all these things we deal with on a regular basis. You know, I've got this eczema on my hand. And I thought, well, it's eczema. And then it started getting really bad. And I'm like, well, this is, shouldn't be doing this. It's not winter yet. Well, I'm allergic to all the harvest stuff. And they harvested early, it seems like, this year. So it's starting early. So I went to the doctor. And I thought, well, you know, I thought, maybe I should just trust God. And I went to the doctor. The doctor said, take this and this and this. So I took it because I trusted the doctor. I get anaphylaxis with that other stuff, with the uh, prednisone products. So I had to stop that. And I, I, and I remember I was sitting at home and I was praying and I said, Lord, I, just, I, I wish I would have just trusted you and just did what I know I'm supposed to do, which is lotion up, use over-the-counter creams, and it'll go away. That's what I'm doing now. And look, hardly anything. It flares up every once in a while, but not too much. And if I had just trusted the Father, I would have been fine. But I went through withdrawals and symptoms of anaphylaxis because I chose not to trust the Father to begin with. And see, these are things we have to do. We have to trust the Father. We have to trust Him. Do we trust Him? That's a question we have to, we have to answer. We have to trust him. And, and, and we, we, trust is a very important thing. It's very hard. Trusting someone you can't see is very hard. It's like that um, blindfolded fall test. Do you ever see that where someone stands behind you and says, go ahead and fall and I'll catch you? You ever do that? I've never done it because I just don't, didn't trust my brother. But that's, that, is a, that is a trust issue. That is a trust exercise. And we have to trust God because we can't see God. If I'm standing in front of my brother, I'm looking this way. I can't see him back there. But I'm trusting that if I fall, he's going to catch me. And we can't see God and we know that if we trust him, if there's something going on, I, we have to trust that he will catch us. That's what we have to trust. Jesus says at the end of this, he says in verse 17, or verse 16, he says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must also bring them, and they will hear my voice, i.e., get saved and follow the Lord. There will be a one flock and one shepherd. So if you look at it, Methodists, Baptists, Catholics, uh, United Brethren in Christ, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Hindus, Islamics. All these people, when they repent, they're not going to be Baptists and Mormons. and They're not going to be that. They're going to be all one flock and one shepherd. One shepherd. Because they trusted God. They trusted Jesus Christ when they come to know Him. He says they're going to be one shepherd and one flock. And then he goes on. He says, therefore my Father loves me because I lay down my life and that, I make, that I may take it up again. Death and resurrection. It's foretelling of his death and resurrection. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down myself. So here's something that we must understand too. All the stuff Jesus went through, that 12 hours on that Friday, 
He allowed it. He even told, I think it was Pilate, I think it was, that he, the only authority he was given, Jesus gave it to him. Something to that effect. I believe it was Pilate. Jesus told him that. So he choose, chose to lay it down. He gave authority for them to do that to him. He says, I, I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to pick it back up again. So he has the power to lay his life down, which he did, and he had the power to pick it back up again. Resurrection. That's what he's talking about here. He says, I have received this command from my Father. So he has to trust the Father. The, Jesus had to trust the Father. That's what this is too. It's a trust issue. He says, I've received it from my Father. I, can, I have the power to lay it down and the power to pick it back up again. Jesus and the Father were one. Jesus couldn't see the Father, just like we can't see Jesus, but he trusted the Father. So that's an exercise. That is a, that is a picture of ultimate trust. Jesus trusted the Father. He couldn't see the Father, but he trusted him. We can't see the Father or Jesus, but we trust him as well. So, big question. Who do you trust? Who do I trust? I've already told on myself about my week, how my trust worked out. But who do you trust? Who do I trust? Do we trust the Father? Or do we trust those that will do, abandon us and run away like the hired hand, the hired shepherd? Let's go before the Lord. Father, we thank you today for your grace and your mercy. Father, help us to trust you. Forgive us where we haven't trusted. Forgive us where we have fallen short. I pray that you'd be with us today, that you'd minister to us by your strength. Father, I pray that you would touch each and every one that's here today. Speak to our hearts. Help us to trust you. Help us to lean heavily upon you. Lord, and minister to us. Lord, give us this ability to just rest in your presence. And Lord, we thank you for that. To just have that idea and that thought of going and coming and going and have finding pasture in your presence. Father, give us this ability to have peace and comfort in your presence. Lord, I pray that you would, you would silence the enemy where he would try to stir up and where he would try to make anxiety and fear be prevalent in our lives. But Father, help us to rest in the peace and comfort of, the, of Jesus Christ in his presence. Lord, we know that in your presence is fullness of joy. Lord, so I pray that you would, Lord, give us the ability to see that and Lord, we thank you for that and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. If you find value in this content, please consider subscribing. You can also find an audio podcast of this video on all the major podcasting platforms. 
Just type Stepping Stones of Faith into the podcast search bar. Once again, I'm Pastor Josh. Thank you for joining me today. God bless.